I hope that at least some of you are better students of history than I am. But when I'm reading history, I have a tendency to gloss over dates and sometimes to gloss over names. I don't know if it's the way I was educated or that I'm just a bad student, but I don't really feel a need to memorize names and dates. I'm more interested in getting to the meat of the story, the drama. I'll skip over details like names and dates to get to the essence of what happened and why and who was to blame. So when a gospel passage begins like ours does today, even when I'm presiding and about to preach about those words, I'm strongly tempted to zone out. Luke gives us a rather long list of names and places, most of which we've never heard except here in this passage. Don't give in to that temptation. Today, there is so much meaning in that list of names. In the minds of the early Christians, the Old Testament covenant was not a matter of ancient history. It was the reality they had grown up with. The Jews knew themselves to be God's chosen people with a special purpose and a kingly dignity. And for the early Christians, that dignity and purpose had been fulfilled in Christ. And so, looking back on the history of Christ and what was going on at the, in the world at the time when he became incarnate, St. Luke could see that God had prepared for centuries for this moment. And in that moment, he saw in the world around Christ symbolic meaning of Christ's mission. And so, Luke lists for us Pontius Pilate, Herod, Philip, and Lysanias, the governors of the Jewish territories. Christ was the Messiah of the Jews, and so the rulers of the Jewish people at the time when he came among us are identified for us because Christ would replace them. But Christ also came to redeem the whole world. And so Luke names for us Tiberius Caesar, emperor of Rome, seemingly ruler of all the earth, because Christ would replace him too. And Christ was meant not only to be our king, as we celebrated a few weeks ago, but even more, he was meant to be our priest the bridge between us and God. And so St. Luke names Annas and Caiaphas, whose priesthood would be surpassed by the eternal high priesthood of Christ. In the fullness of time, Christ has come to redeem us all. And God had prepared for his coming by many, many prophets, the last of which was John the Baptist. Now, I don't know about you, but I have grown up thinking of John the Baptist as radically different from me. He's a zealot. He lives in the desert. He eats locusts and wild honey. So sure, he is radically different from you or me. Christ himself, in fact, said of John the Baptist, among those born of women, no one is greater than John. But in the same breath, Christ goes on to say, yet, in the least of the, yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. My friends, you and I belong to the kingdom of God. 
God prepared from the beginning of time, from the fall of Adam and Eve, God prepared the world for the coming of Christ. And today he continues to prepare our hearts and the hearts of everyone on earth for Christ's inbreaking into our lives. 2,000 years ago, John the Baptist prepared the way of the Lord. And today, you and I have an even greater task than that of John the Baptist. You and I are the means by which Christ prepares the world for the continued coming of Christ. We have a great task before us. And our task is filled with the hope and joy of knowing that we are redeemed by Christ. And we have the confidence of knowing that the one for whom we prepare the way is the truth himself. We have the great and enviable task of sharing him, our great love, our great joy with everyone around us. Now, I'm not calling for everyone here, for anyone here, to go out into the desert and eat wild honey or locusts. I'm not even calling for anyone here to go up to the farm fields of Fredonia and eat cheese and beer. But the season of Advent calls each one of us to share Christ with everyone around us and to desire to share him as radically as John desired to share him. We are called to make straight the paths in our own hearts so that we might make straight the paths of Christ into the hearts of everyone around us. My friends, our loved ones, our family and friends, our co-workers have a right to hear the gospel from us, both in our actions and in our words. There is no one for whom the gospel is not meant. And we, like John the Baptist, are meant to prepare for the coming of Christ. Today, on this second Sunday of Advent, Ask God to make you bold like John the Baptist. To give you the strength to speak the truth even when it's inconvenient. But even more, ask God to give you the grace to be like Christ. To prepare the way for the coming of Christ by becoming yourself an image of Christ so that all who see you might desire what you have, the knowledge and hope that we are redeemed by Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen.